0: Well, what an honor it is to be with you this morning, Great Hills Baptist Church, and before I begin preaching, I just wanna come and I wanna say those in attendance, those from Great Hills that are watching online, we just want to say uh, thank you for your sacrificial gifts to the cooperative program of the Southern Baptist Convention. Your church gives so that we can make sure that we're training the next generation of pastors and missionaries and youth ministers and music ministers uh, that will be sent out all across the world. And so I bring you greetings, Dr. Forshee and church, from Dr. Adam Greenway, our, our uh, president and our faculty. I just want to say thank you, but also thank you because this church has gone above and beyond its cooperative program support to also help in other ways with this church. And so I'm just, so, uh, with our seminary, so thank you so much. For that, And before I uh, begin preaching, I also want to say a word. When Dr. Forshi, who was my evangelism professor uh, at Southeastern Seminary, when he told me that your church is getting ready to now go into a, a, a series on Sunday mornings, but also a strategy, the blessed strategy that I'm aware of and I know and I have taught, I just want you to know I could not have been more excited. And I just want to encourage you, though my sermon today is not going to be about prayer, though we'll ask you to pray at the end, I want you to know that the very first step of the BLESS method that you are going to be learning about over the next few weeks is B, for BLESS, B, begin with prayer. Do you know it's not just evangelism, but it's especially evangelism. If we don't begin with prayer in anything we do in the Christian life, we will be doomed to fail. But if we go to God and ask for His help and for His assistance and for Him to supersede all that we're going to do, let me just tell you, the sky's the limit to what God can do. And So I want to encourage you as you begin in this process, and Dr. Forshee will take you through it, don't forget that in all you do, but especially your evangelism, begin with prayer. If you've got a copy of the Bible or a phone or a tablet, I want to invite you to turn in your Bible or turn your tablet or phone onto Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. And this morning I want to look at just a few verses of Scripture in our time together. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to be looking in verses 17 through 22. Mark chapter 10, uh, uh, verses 17 through 22. And I want to preach a message to you entitled... Unfollow. And as you're making your way there and there in the text, let me just kind of uh, bring our text into view. Uh, I don't know about you, but have you noticed how social media has completely changed the way that we talk? It's changed the English language. Let me just give you one example of this. When I was growing up in grade school and in high school, my grammar and English teachers told me that when it came to parts of speech, the word friend would always and forever be a noun. You are my friend. In fact, in just a moment, we going to sing a song as we respond to God. It's what a friend we have in Jesus. It's a noun, it's something that we refer to, it's a per- people, person, place, or thing. But you know, social media has totally changed all of that. Because with the advent of Facebook, now if you want to be connected with someone on Facebook, you have to do what, church? Friend them. Now friend is not just a noun. Now friend is also a verb. You are connected in some way. And as it comes to, related to friending people on Facebook, we all know that there are people who are our friends on Facebook that maybe disagree with us. In fact, I have in mind one particular young lady who I'm a friend with on Facebook and anything that I believe about God, she believes the exact opposite. And one day she had posted something, several years ago she'd post something, saying that, you know, no one could really know if they were going to be right with God or anything like that. And I was, that that just, you know, as the evangelist in me, that just kind of uh, irked me. And so I began to write out this long, big diatribe of how she was uh, wrong and the Bible was right and all these other things. And so I spent a lot of time on this. And I remember I took it to my wife, Hope, who's here with us today. And I said, Hope, what do you think about this? I just wanted her to kind of read it for grammar and also for content and, as I remember as Hope was reading that thing that took me 30 minutes to an hour to write, she would say, hmm, oh, you know, and I was just loving it because I thought, man, I really made a good point there. And so when she got to the end of it, she looked up at me and she goes, so what do you want? And I said, I want you to know, what, what do you think before I send this? And she says, well, if you want to know what I think, I think you shouldn't send this. I said, why not? Was the logic wrong? Was the grammar wrong? You know, what was wrong? And she said, it's wrong to send that kind of a thing and have that kind of conversation on Facebook. Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to her and so I just threw it away. So anyway, uh, so, so I kept on, you know, what, opening up my Facebook feed and looking in there and she'd post even more egregious things. It got, I got so upset and would pray about it really just, I was struggling with that. And I I almost unfriended her, but I thought it's going to be weird when I see her in person. And one day I was just looking around on her page. And when I did, there was a new feature. Whenever you friend someone on Facebook, you are also following them. And I said, following, what is that? And so I clicked on the following because I thought, you know, how can I maybe unfollow her, you know? And all of a sudden I click on that link and guess what option came up? Unfo- you've got a friend like that too, don't you? Yeah, we've all got friends like that. Those of you that are online, you've got friends like that too. And I clicked unfollow and praise the Lord. My sanctification jumped 10 points. I didn't, I was still friends with her, but I didn't have to see anything she said unless I went to her page. And it, it, it helped me just ignore the things that she was saying. I say that story to say in our text today, we have a real life account from the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and he's going to engage with a man who here is called a young man in other places, other gospels, he's referred to as a rich young ruler. And they're gonna have a conversation and Jesus is gonna tell this rich young ruler what he believes about God, because guess what? Jesus is God. And when this man hears what Jesus has to say about God and what it means to follow him, this man, as it were, will have the opportunity to either click the follow button, the friend button, or the unfollow button when it comes to what Jesus has to say about God. And this man had that opportunity back in Jesus' day, but I want you to know that there are a number of you that are here with us in the room today. There are a lot of you, hundreds of you probably watching online, hundreds more that will watch uh, uh, when it's not uh, live and online but you're watching this right now and you didn't know when you watched this sermon today that you too have a decision to make. Whether what God says in his word today about the things you need to do and what, who God is and how to, you can follow him, whether you click the follow button. Maybe you've already followed him, but maybe there's some things that you've read in the Bible that you know you need to give up and surrender. You're already a Christian. And will you continue to follow Jesus? Or will you hear what Jesus says today, the claims he makes about God, and will you click the unfollow button? So let's see which decision this young man made, and let's see what decision you'll make today. Follow along with me in the text as I begin reading, beginning in verse 17 of Mark chapter 10. Here's what the Word of God says. Now as he, Jesus, was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There's only one good and that's God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said, answered and said to him, teacher, All these things, you've just said, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go on your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at his word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. This is God's word to us today. The Bible says that Jesus was getting ready to set out on a journey. And as he had taken everything together, he was getting ready to go on his journey. And there's a man who comes before him and just gets right in Jesus's way. He comes down and not only stands in front of Jesus, but he bends down on his knees before Jesus. And look at what he says to Jesus. He says, good teacher, What should I do to inherit eternal life? You know, as I read that question, I'm an evangelism professor, like my evangelism professor before me, Dr. Forshee, and as I read this text, I love this text because this is one of the texts that gives me a reason to continue to do ministry people are still asking the most important question they could ask. In fact, some of you that are online right now, some in the room here today, you're asking, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Some of you hear this and you say, what does it even mean to inherit eternal life? Let me explain that to you. What this man is really asking Jesus is, how can I have real joy and peace in this life and also in the life to come? When cancer comes my way and the doctors tell me there is no hope, how can I keep on living with joy that God can give me? Whenever the bank account is empty, whenever people abandon me, how can I live in a way that would honor God and I can experience God's joy and peace in this life, but not just this life? When that day comes for all of us and it will, the Bible says that we all sin and we all will die when we die and we go into the next life, whether it's heaven or hell, how will I know that I've inherited the good life from Jesus so that I know I can go to heaven and live with him forever when I die? That's the question this young man is asking Jesus. And friends, that question is the most important question you will ever ask. It's the most important question that you have ever asked if you've asked it, and it deserves an answer. As an evangelism professor, I read that, Dr. Forshee, and and, and I say to myself, well, Jesus, the easy way to respond to that is to say, well, young man, it's as easy as ABC. Some of you have been to vacation Bible school before, right? Maybe you can help me with that. A, you must what? Admit that you're a sinner. B, you must believe that Jesus is God's Son who died, was buried, and raised. And C, you must Confess him as, y'all know this. Isn't that what you expect Jesus to say? This man says, how do I enter eternal life? I expect Jesus as an evangelist and professor myself to say, it's as easy as A, B, C. But you notice that's not what Jesus does? Look at how Jesus answers the question. He does answer the question, but look at how he answers it. He says to him, verse 18, why do you call me good? Jesus, just get to the gospel. You know, that's what I'm, when I'm reading this, that's what I'm thinking. But Jesus asked him, why do you call me good? I want you to know today, if you're here online, if you're here in the room, that our idea of who Jesus is and what it means to follow him can be determined by what we're willing or unwilling to say. It can be determined by what we're willing or unwilling to say. Look at what this man said. What did he say to Jesus? He said in verse 17, good teacher. When Jesus hears those words, those two words, good teacher, Jesus has to zero in and focus on that before he gets to the end of the question. Good teacher. Jesus says, why do you call me good? He goes on to say this. There's only one that is good and that is God. You know, this is all throughout the Old Testament. In fact, if you look in the Old Testament time and time again, you will see that men and women, boys and girls are not good. They are sinful. The Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But there is one that the Old Testament scriptures speak of as good. In fact, he's spoken of that way in the New Testament as well in the Old Testament, you'll see it in Ezra chapter 3, verse 11, Psalm 118, 1. You'll see it in Psalm 145, 9, and other places. The Bible says this, church, maybe you've read it, you can help me out with it. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. What is Jesus asking when He says, why do you call me good teacher? Why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that's God. Jesus is doing one of two things. Either Jesus is saying, Whoa, don't call me good. I'm not good. Only God's good. Now, we know that's not the case because in chapter two of Mark, Jesus claims to do the things that only God could do on the earth. So Jesus is not saying, Whoa, 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 don't call me good because I'm not God. Only God's good. So what is it that Jesus is really getting at with this man? Jesus is saying, I know I'm good because I'm God. But what do you think of me? Am I God to you? Am I just good or am I God? And friends, let me say the same question is you, to you today. Some of you are here today and maybe you think as you hear about Jesus that Jesus is just a good guy. Jesus is more than good. He is God. And I want you to see how this man responds to Jesus. Verse 20, he answers Jesus and he says, teacher, teacher. What did he leave off this time, church? Good. Do you know what? This man was not willing to say Jesus was God because his idea of who Jesus was and what it meant to follow Jesus, he was not willing to say. Has there been a time in your life when you've not just said the words but meant in your heart, Jesus is God? The Bible says it this way, Jesus is Lord. Has there ever been a time in your life where you've turned away from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord, and with your lips said those words and meant them? Jesus is Lord. Today, I invite you to nail down who you think Jesus is and what you think it means to follow him. By today, if you've never done it online, there in the chat screen, those of you that are here today, come up front and claim with your mouth, believing in your heart, that Jesus is Lord. You know, our idea of who Jesus is and what it means to follow him, it's not only determined by what we're willing or unwilling to say, but I want you to see a second thing the text teaches us. It's also determined by what we're willing or unwilling to do. By what we're willing or unwilling to do. Look how Jesus continues his conversation with this young man in verse 19. He says, you know the commandments. And here they go, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. These commandments are always are also known as what? The what commandments? The 10 commandments, that's right. Some of you even online are saying, the 10, you're shouting out with us, the 10 commandments. Let's kind of go through these. These are things that we do. Let's see what these are. First of all, Jesus says, do not commit adultery. Adultery, as we know, is really unfaithfulness in a marital condition, where one spouse cheats on another one. Unfortunately, I must say that I, myself, my brothers, we are casualties of adultery. My mother, in 1993, she had an affair. And I'll never forget being on the phone that night uh, in March, whenever uh, I was on my phone and my dad said, son, get off the phone, come in here. Your mother and I have something to say to you. And they sat all three of us boys down on the couch and they said, we can't stay together anymore. And come to find out my mom uh, had had a relationship with another man. Jesus says, do not commit adultery. And though it is a physical attachment, there's also, Jesus says, look, if you look on someone else with lust, you don't do anything, just look upon them with lust, you've committed adultery. There are sometimes that we, we get brought into these relationships where we have emotional attachments, where we tell other people that are not our spouses things that we would never tell our own spouses. Jesus says to you and to I, to me, do not commit adultery. But he goes on and he says, do not commit murder. Murder is taking someone else's life. Some of you say, I've not killed anybody today, so I'm okay. But you know what else Jesus says? If you've committed murder, if you've hated someone in your heart, you've committed murder. Whenever I found out that night that my mom was leaving, I was a firstborn, I was a mama's boy. I stood in front of the door that she was gonna have to walk out to go into the night. And I stood in front of that door as my mom brought her bags and she saw me there. I looked in my mom's eyes, tears in my eyes. And I said, mom, if you do this, you're going to have to walk through me. And I'll never forget when my mom took her hand, she put it on my shoulder. She pushed me aside and said, Matt, stop being so dramatic. And she walked into the night and left our family. And I will tell you that was what she did. But let me tell you what I did. I started getting angry at her and that anger turned into hate and that man with whom she had that relationship, I hated him and it almost destroyed me. They wounded me. What they did was wrong, but friends, the way I responded was wrong. And though I never took a knife, I never took a gun to kill him. I hated that man and I had murdered him time and time and time again. And there's some of you here today, maybe you've not killed anybody physically, but someone has wounded you deeply. They have hurt you and you have gone through that kind of experience. Friends, it almost destroyed me. I would not be standing here had it not been for the help of the Holy Spirit and my wife and some other pastors. I had to give it over to God, not because what they did was right, but because what I was doing in my heart was wrong. And Jesus says, do not murder. He goes on to say, do not steal. Don't take what's not yours. He says, do not bear false witness. Don't say someone did something they didn't do or don't say someone did something they didn't do. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. This is, many people think this is the 10th commandment. Don't covet. If you desire what your neighbor or friend has, you'll try to defraud them out of it, to cheat them out of it. And then honor your father and your mother. Now, some of you students are here and you hear this and uh, you say, okay, uh, what what does this mean for me as a student? Well, let me just say this and I want to get a witness from the parents and grandparents. Children, the Bible says you must obey your parents and all the parents said, amen. Okay, so children, students, you have to obey your parents. The Bible says that, but honoring your parents is not just simply obeying them. Let me give an example of this. One time when I was a little boy, I was playing with Nintendo. This was the first Nintendo. So we were in the ancient days, you know. And I was playing Super Mario Brothers, like one, you know, the first one. And I would not gotten this far before. I was on level eight, which was the big level. And I was there with my joystick and, uh, and I was playing. And all of a sudden my dad said, Matt, take out the trash. Well, I was at level eight. I'd never gotten this far before. And I said, you take out the trash. Well, let's just say we got a new uh, controller that day and dad pulled that controller out and said, I said, take out the trash. So I got up and I huffed and puffed and I stomped over to where the trash can was and I jerked the trash out and I cinched it up and I went to the door and I stomped to the door and I opened the door and I wanted the door to come off the hinges. I slammed it right behind me, took the trash out came back in, the door was still there. I opened it again and slammed it again to try to take it off the hinges. Washed my hands, went back into the den, sat down and I said, now my dad told me to take out the trash. Did I obey my dad? Yes, I obeyed him. But did I honor my dad? Oh, Some of you students may be obeying without honoring your parents. And Jesus says, honor your parents. How does this man respond? He responds to Jesus in verse 20. He said, teacher, not good teacher, all these things I have kept since my youth. We read that, I read that and I think, man, this guy's a good guy. He's done a lot better than I did. I've already told you some of the sins that I've committed and broken this list. But he says, these things I have kept. Do you know Jesus knew exactly that already? Jesus already knew that he had kept those commandments. I believe that's why Jesus said them. But you know, a moment ago, we said those were the 10 commandments, right? Let's count these up. Let's see if he got all 10. Do not commit adultery, that's one. Do not commit murder, that's two. Do not steal, that's three. Do not bear false witness, that's four. Do not defraud, that's five. Do not honor your father and mother, that's six. He kept all six of those, but... Jesus didn't give the other four. Dr. Forshee, did Jesus not know the other four? Why why did Jesus not give the other four? All of those six that he gave were between relations, between men and women and women and men and men and men and and women and women. But you know what, the four he left off, you know why he left those four off? Because Jesus not, not only knew what that man had done, Jesus knew what that man had not done. You know what he had not done? you shall not have any other gods before me. You shall make no graven image and worship it. You shall not take the name of your Lord your God in vain. And you shall keep the Sabbath holy for the Lord your God rested on the seventh day. When it came to people, he was a good old guy, but he had not dealt with God. He was unwilling to say Jesus was God and he was unwilling to do what God required of him. I wonder how it is with you today. When people see you, do they see all the good things you do, all the niceties that you perform to other people? But if you open up your heart, would they see how you treat God? Friends, who Jesus is to us, what it means to follow him can be determined by what we're willing or unwilling to say is Jesus Lord. It can be determined by what we're willing or unwilling to do. Are we going to not just keep part of the law, but also keep all of it and give God his due? But last... Who Jesus is, ma'am, to you, right there. Sir, right there. Who Jesus is to you? You right there watching on the YouTube right now. Who is Jesus to you? Who Jesus is to you and what it means to follow him can be determined also by what we're willing or unwilling to surrender. Look at what the text says and then we're done. The Bible says, verse 21, after he said, he's done all those things, those six things, leaving out the other four, Jesus then looked at him. Can you imagine the almighty God who knew everything that he had done, and he had not done, was looking right at him? Can you imagine the guilt that might have been on that man when he realized Jesus really is God and he knows all things that I've done and what I've not done and not what I'm not willing to do? Can you imagine the guilt and the shame that he may have felt at that time and he was just ready for Jesus to point his finger and zap him maybe. Maybe you're here today watching online here in the room with us tonight, uh, today. And maybe right now you feel the weight of your sin that you've committed against God. And you think God is just up on the throne on the cloud getting ready to throw a bolt of lightning at you. Do You know, that's not what Jesus did to this man and that's not what God wants to do to you. Look at the Bible says, Jesus looking at him, what church? Loved him. You know what, isn't it great to know that even when we don't meet God's expectations and I don't and you don't, that God still loves us? In fact, the Bible says it this way, God demonstrates his love to us and that while we were still sinners, while we broke one, two, three, four, or however many of the commandments we've broken, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Have you ever received that forgiveness? This man saw Jesus looking at him. Jesus loved him. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. This man was given an opportunity to keep on. And by the way, when I said he didn't follow God, it's not that he didn't have a God. It was that he had the wrong God. His God were his possessions. And what Jesus is saying is, why don't you do the other four? Get rid of the God you're worshiping and come follow me as your God. And you know what? Today for you, it might be money. Money might be your God. Maybe for you, it's a reputation. Maybe for you, it's a relationship. Maybe for you, it's this device that you're always looking at when your kids are coming up to you and saying, Daddy, just give me a moment of your time. What is the God in your life? I don't know. But anything that's in between you and I is a God. And Jesus is saying to you, one thing you lack, give up your God or God's and come and follow me." This man was given the chance to surrender. To surrender, not most, not the majority, not a good portion, surrender all to Jesus. Because with Jesus and surrender, it's either all or nothing. Today, are you willing to surrender all to Jesus? And how does this man respond? When he hears what Jesus says about God, he can click the follow or the unfollow button. And what does he do? It's right here in the text. But he was sad at Jesus's word and he went away sorrowfully for he had great possessions. He was unwilling to surrender them to Jesus. He was unwilling to do for God what God commanded. He was willing to, uh, unwilling to say with his mouth that Jesus was God. He clicked the unfollow button. So how will it be with you today? Those of you that are watching online, maybe you realize today you've gone through the motions, maybe you've not gone through the motions, and today is the day that you want to get more questions answered about following Jesus. Please, would you just put a note there on how the church can contact you? There's someone monitoring that, and they will do that right now. There's those of you that are here in the room and today, maybe you realize that today you've gone through the motions or maybe you've not gone through any motions. And today is the day that you need to follow Jesus. Today, I call you to faith in Jesus Christ, not by what you have done in the past, but by what he has done in the past. When he stretched his arms on that cross and was nailed to that cross, not for anything he had done, but for everything you and I have done. He died on the cross for our sins. He was taken off and put in a tomb. And three days later, by resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, he came out of the tomb and he lives today. But does he live in your heart? Today, will you be Willing to say the thing you need to say, Jesus, your Lord. Will you be willing to do the thing he's called you to do? Acknowledge him, repent of your sin. And then finally, will you be willing to surrender what this man was not willing to surrender? Anything that kept him from God. Today, would you respond there on the text chat or here at the altar with some of the pastors? There's another call for some of you. Probably the vast majority of you that are watching today or in in the room today. Maybe you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. But somewhere along the way, just like myself, when I had that unforgiveness toward my mother, I was a Christian. Maybe somewhere along the line, you have picked up some of the old things that you're not supposed to be doing. And when I went through this litany of lists that Jesus had given, maybe there was something specific to you that rang true. And you need to get that right with the Lord. Whatever it is, adultery, murder, stealing, defrauding, Maybe students need to go to their parents. Maybe they need to come up front and they need to commit to honor their parents. What is the call for you today as a Christian? And friends, if you wanna continue to follow Jesus as closely as you ever have before, you need to deal with your sin today. So I'm gonna ask for our musicians to come up to the front. I'm gonna ask for our pastors and counselors to come up to the front as well. And we're gonna sing a song. What a friend we have in Jesus. Will you friend Jesus and follow him, or will you unfriend him? And will you unfollow him today? Today, the choice is yours. Will you respond to follow him, or if you're already following him, will you follow him closer? As we all stand, and as we sing this song after we pray, I invite you to respond. Heavenly Father, thank you for the friend that you wanna be to us. And friendship with God comes with being a friend to you, Jesus, and that can only happen through faith, believing that you died, was buried and raised, and that we ourselves, we've gotta put our faith in you, turning away from our sins. There's some online right now who wanna do that, Lord, and I pray that you'd allow them to do that. Right now, in the solace of their home, wherever they're watching, right now, would you have them pray to you that, God, I need forgiveness, I need to be forgiven, I believe that Jesus died, was buried and raised, Jesus, you are Lord. Come into my heart. Forgive me. There's some that need to do that today. Some that are online that are already following you but need to follow closer. Lord, there's some in here that are following but they need to follow closer. Lord, don't let sin destroy them like it almost destroyed me as a Christian. Lord, please let them deal with that today. Jesus, you're our friend. We love you. When we ask these things in your name, God's church said, amen.